So this is another day um, of living with three white racists. So I've put my room up for um, rent, so I'm going to move out as soon as possible. Um, I'm also trying to help two people that I know who are in domestic abuse and violent situations. Um, yeah, um, try to find a place, safe place to live, but that takes a long process. So I feel like, yeah, while I'm kind of trying to take care of my own living situation, I'm always, I'm still like very much like by choice. Um, and also, you know, willfully taking on that responsibility to help um, people who need it um, without obviously like disclosing um, their privacy, but it's a reason why I can't like just I feel like I can't just leave the country um once I've moved out of this place so there's a lot of things like that I think are worth talking about when it comes to um like housing and safe housing um because it seems like a lot of immigrants are either having to deal with like racism or like domestic issues so like it's not safe at home or outside in the real in the rest of the world so you're always between like a rock and a hard place um and I know that a lot of people I know that the people that I live with like at least one of them would say that yeah they're in between a rock and a hard place but they don't have their skin color literally like the skin that covers their body like as a mark against them nor do they have like their name or their, their ethnic they're basically white no they are white so I think I want to like kind of emphasize that we don't come from the same experiences you know there's a vast huge immense pain and um oppression that comes with racism like that these people that I live with seem to have just totally forgotten but when it comes to talking to me but love and I'm talking about love 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 black music love talking to listening to podcasts about racism don't have conversations with people of color like about this um because I guess other people would just pick up on it very quickly and be like telling them to flip off um and there are certainly signs um you know as you go along but like I said like I don't come from a stable background so to some degree like abuse is normalized for me even though like you know as much as you try to get away from it it always kind of like is that familiar thing and you are trained to not uh say anything so and also like you know back picking your battles and stuff it's always going to be the same like we're never going to be safe here I'm sorry to say it but unless something like huge changes like massively like like the, the west recognizing its history of oppression of our people over like centuries um and admitting to that and and for people to admit to their privileges their fucking white privilege like the day that that happens I mean, I don't even think I'll see that within my lifetime because for a lot of white people, it's like they they really, really like to admit like to a 
assure you that yeah like racism exists and like we're onto it but they never ever ever i've never seen i've literally never seen it like they never admit when they have internalized biases and they have um internalized racism when their friends or family have internalized racism immediately it's like no 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 that doesn't happen here me no i'm i'm above all of it and that's where they deify themselves they deify each other that's why the image of like white imagery is so toxic to us because especially when it's like associated with religion so there's a lot to chew on there because it might seem like you know mm, kind of like racism 101 for like people of color um uh, it, but for for these people it's like it doesn't it doesn't register like for some reason it's like you you it's like a brick wall like their heads have turned into bricks or something like it's just impenetrable you can't get them to recognize their their biases and their racism um it's always somewhere else because they listen to rap music so they can't be racist and they like i don't know black food or whatever like honestly it's like it's it's so pathetic um it's like another thing that's that's also why i'm setting up my um school of colonial studies because i really want to challenge this in a way that has never been done before in in on a scale and on a level that hasn't been done before and i want to like drive this all home like i want to challenge all of this bullcrap um yeah once and for all, um, on my terms, because at the end of the day, like, these institutions, these educational institutions, the medical institutions, the legal institutions, every single institution in the West, in these white countries, are not built for us, like, we need to fundamentally understand that they will never, ever have our interests okay they will always be protecting their own interests their white supremacy they might concede here and there like america had a black president a half black president who studied at harvard you know who grew up with his white family so there's always this um sort of facade or this sort of like impression or this sort of like very superficial kind of concessions made but when you dig and you look at all the key figures and who's in charge and like if you really really look into it you notice that it's the same powerful people the same powerful families and they're they're white all of them um yeah so where is the wealth like in america what black people their income is 10 black and hispanic people and 10 times less per household than white households 10 times and you know suddenly somehow this is like an external problem to the white man it's not it doesn't the problem doesn't belong to them it's it's the other white man over there but what about the privilege what about everything that you're gaining from all of that you know it's totally out of the question for people to introspect they don't they don't i don't even think that they have the capacity like the number of fallacies that um the white people that i'm living with especially the men like the men are just like unbelievable like it sounds so stupid like it actually is so stupid but i remember saying that 
you know, I like to lie down with my legs up in the air on a wall because um, I have circulation circulation problems. And the girl that lives with us, like, agreed because she's also got circulation problems. And I know because my mum's got it. It's quite a hereditary thing. The, the white ringleader was like, no, that's not true. It's like, yeah, it is true that it helps with your circulation. And I don't know why he was protesting. I don't know why he was, like, saying it's not true. But it's literally, like, that's literally the law of gravity that we're talking about here. And this person is saying that it's not true. Because that fact didn't come from him. And it wasn't validated by him. He wasn't, hadn't come across it before. And therefore, it's literally, like, false to him. Like, the, the law of gravity. That if you lift your arm, your leg, whatever, that, it, you know, the blood flow goes down. Like, if you have puffy feet, if you have, like, swollen feet, like I sometimes do, to elevate your feet above your heart is apparently not a way to get rid of <laughs> rid of your circulatory problems like yes that's that's literally the level of denial in terms of like what is factually true um ringleader racists um cuz they they try they and they also i feel like these kinds of like denials of truth are priming you for further abuse because you allow them to get away with a lie a white lie and or a white fallacy and that's priming you to for them to get away with bigger lies um it's really difficult to write about like like not write um to talk about this um because it's like uh, talking about very, very deep levels of abuse, very chronic types of abuse, very systemic, very calculated. Um, it follows a really deep pattern, and I, I come from a very, like, unstable, abusive, unsafe un- background. So as a kid, like, I was never safe. A lot of violence, a lot of abuse. Um, wasn't safe at all ever like growing up that, that just was not there um every day of my life was was unsafe as a kid um I guess as a kid you don't really know but like certain things tell you like when you're told to pack your bags and leave when you're like six or seven years old and you you're kind of relieved you look back at that and you're like wow like I was kind of like scared maybe but I always wanted to run away. So it's kind of like scary, but an opportunity. That's how I remember feeling. And, you know, like, not knowing what to pack my... I was so young that I didn't know... I didn't have a bag. Like, we were really poor. I didn't have anything to put my stuff in. So I went... I remember going and putting, like, (laughs) being so, like, lost. And remember, my sister, we'd both been told to, like, pack our bags and leave. Um... And I remember her getting like a um, a plastic shopping bag and thinking, wow, that's such a clever idea. <laughs> I can't remember thinking, why didn't I think of that? Because I was like, I've been told to pack my bags, but I don't have a bag. And, I, you know, it was I was so young and I, I just, yeah, that, that's the kind of like background. So 
I know how abuse works. I also know how my body reacts and my mind reacts to um, abuse. And it's very much like defense mode. Um, I know what um, symptoms I get, like health symptoms. I know I get eczema on my back. I know I get an itchy scalp. I know I get... um, what else? I usually fall ill, but um, I usually get like a high fever. But I, luckily, as soon as I felt like I was getting a fever during the conversation with this extremely abusive person who had gaslit me, um, I immediately took like um, paracetamol because I know that that staves off my my fever, my if I get a temperature. Um, and I think I did that like I had to do that like two days in a row where I felt like my yeah my temperature was going up and I had to bring it back down obviously taking multivitamins and things like that. So, you know, when you've been brutalized, you know, when you've been um, abused, I do, absolutely. And anyone who's familiar with abuse will be able to um, uh, relate to this. Um, Because it's something that we know, our body knows before we've even articulated it. It's very hard. It's very hard to um, get through very hard because yeah you like I said your body reacts first so you don't really know what's going on you're like oh shit why do I feel like I've just been beaten up um and yeah and then you realize that you've been racially abused and you've been gaslit and you've been like yeah really put through the ringer really so um I feel felt a lot better this morning I wake up at the same time every day, which is good. Um, And I generally try to stay on top of everything in my room. Everything's, well, you know, (laughs) tidy. Um, My bed is half made. I've done a bit of laundry. I've had lunch. Um, So just it's just waiting now, like, you know, doing certain things, like, with my family and other things and... Um, trying to wait for the perfect opportunity to get the hell out of here. Um, These people are really sick. Um, I think that that's one thing that really needs to be acknowledged about racism is that it's a real pathology. And I know that a lot of people, like, don't like it when I say that it's a mental illness. But if you just equate it to psychopathy, it is a mental illness because they're psychopaths. Like... Racism and white supremacy has reached such an embedded level within our consciousness, within the white consciousness and the white existence, that it it is like they're psychopaths. They don't consider us as equal. They don't think that we have feelings. They don't treat us like we have feelings. So I think if we're to understand, analyze like the Second World War and fascists and Nazis, like you can see very clearly like they had mental illness. And I really want to know, like, not even want to know, I know where this comes from. It comes from, you know, on a, on, yeah, it comes from like inherited privileges that they grant, they're granted at birth through things like wealth and white skin colour, which just grants them all of these privileges. So they actually think that they're like better than everyone else, even though it's just because of luck but they won't admit that it's luck um they want to believe that they're special and that they earned it 
And when you come along and you're smarter, not just as smart, smarter, more switched on, you know, more, I don't know, like connected and, you know, have a very wide variety of experiences and, you know, you're from two different cultures or at least. And so you, you have this sort of like beautiful mix of experiences and family and travels and things that you've read and your friends and all of these things and languages that you've learned um they get very intimidated by that because they think that they're the best and when they realize and then when they come face to face with the fact that they're not it really shatters their worldview that they were born with and the one that they were have inherited so you're dealing with a, like something on a very child on a, on a very base level like you're dealing with a very child um the 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 um, phase in their life which is the early development basically so it's very 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 embedded just like it's you know embedded that my internalized racism towards myself is very much embedded and I have to fight every single day um sometimes I get periods of being okay and embracing myself and embracing my hair embracing my nose embracing my skin color embracing all of it um and then obviously when you start getting attacked you really do start to doubt yourself and your self-worth and so those internalized that internalized racism and self-hatred of your body and the comparisons that you make and all these thoughts about how much better your life would be if you were white and looked white and had whiter features and all of those things um, just start coming back. So, you know, as though life isn't hard enough. So when I'm talking about dealing with these kinds of things, like I really want to talk about it openly and in a way that is really unsanitized because... Um, I don't think that this is being done. I don't think that the, the depth and the complexity... I think Toni Morrison has done some really amazing work um, on this. But unfortunately, I think, um, you know, like her work is not that well known. And, and I wonder why that is. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. Like, And I really, really want to push forward with... Um, yeah, like these life-saving women and men um, who have historically like put forward their voices um, in 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 truth, um, and these shouldn't be f- on the side. These should be integrated and understood very, 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 very carefully. Um, you know, we go so far with technology and all this, whatever. <clears throat> human development, la la la, but we haven't even like not even human development. Like we're we're putting so much effort into like AI and artificial intelligence and la la la, when we haven't even like acknowledged like basic humanity. Like for most people on Earth, that's the truth. So, I don't know. Like I'm trying my best to set up my school of colonial studies, creative critical English, um, women in art. <sighs> Um, to lift the restraints and constraints on 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 creativity 
um, creative thinking because we can only move forward with creativity I think you know we need new ways and new ways of thinking and new people um, being allowed to enter areas you know areas that have historically been written off for us like they're just areas that we wouldn't even think of you let alone think of joining or being a part of like as a kid you wouldn't be thinking of becoming an archaeologist or if you're from a poor background or an architect or a doctor or so many so many so many a biologist um so many so many different fields um that you wouldn't even know about um so these things need to change um absolutely and i'm a one woman movement right now um and there are people white men privileged white men um who are very uncomfortable very very uncomfortable with my projects and have attempted to basically destabilize me take away my support system I was actually working with the two other pe- white people in this flat on two pro- two different projects. This person decided to drive a wedge, so that that f- those two friendships are essentially dissolved. It's so toxic, like it's re- rem- like I don't even know what the word is, like how these people get away with it. But I did think of the perfect way of describing, especially how white people get away with abuse, is that they're shapeshifters, like. One minute, they'll be your friend. Next minute, they're your enemy. And you wouldn't even know what's happened. And then with, you know, with a third person, they're going to be like, no, 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 I didn't do anything to Rabia, you know? I just said this. And then they'll send you another email, which no one else gets to see. So they're shape-shifting. Because they're abusers. That's what abusers do. They show one face to one person, another face to another person, and then the third face to you. Gaslighting, it's another one spoke to um sort of like a friend of a friend on the phone um a few days ago who was telling me yeah that seems to be like the white man's favorite thing to do because she's yeah like experiencing it at work and she did say like it's kind of better to like not say anything and just observe but I think when you're living with a person it's like this it's a totally different ball game it's totally different like my body has not rested for like three weeks um luckily I'm sleeping okay but I wake up with aches and pains especially on my back it began on my right arm uh which is still a bit knotted nothing like it was at the beginning um every morning I have to do stretches and whatnot to try and alleviate it but it's just not hasn't gone away um so yeah that's another update um I hope you guys like find this useful and somehow like relatable because this happens a lot like the world is not safe for us like for us to stick our heads above above you know the the water let's say from which we're drowning so we try and stick our heads up out of the water to breathe a little bit and take in you know like a gasp of air to help us survive and you have a sniper waiting for you so you have to be really careful um 
because there's more than one and that's the reality like I have experienced this a whole like so many times like the worst one was when, when I was at uni so this is kind of like not as bad but you know I'm living with this person so it's when I say I don't have anything to lose apparently I do my living you know my the, the, the roof over my head so I was wrong about that when I said in my last um on my video online that I don't have anything to lose so I can say whatever I want it's not true they will bully you in your own living space and make you uncomfortable and unsafe so you have to move so you end up homeless you end up being the one who has to rehouse yourself this is how sick these people are and it's not it makes absolute sense when you think of it in terms of like safety and security because I've said this many times or a few times at least like what do governments spend most of their budgets on? Defence and security. Okay? So when you think about where you're living and what where you're living or what country you're living in, what state you're living in, if you're not safe and secure and the government or your anyone around you is facilitating that instability you can get a very good insight into what kind of society you're living in and what kind of governance you're living under. Not all countries have this. Um, a lot of countries invest deeply in their um, housing infrastructure and um, less on um, you know, external defence, like defending against others. <laughs> um, so it's something I'm, I haven't like fully fleshed out, but... Um, I think it's worth like thinking about on that scale, like macro, micro, as always my favorite thing to do. Um, so yeah, like that's pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in, in this whole situation. Like I said, um, I didn't expect to have yeah, I was like, I don't have anything left to lose. I've lost so much. My degree, friends, family, the person that I loved, like, so much. Um, still do. Um, lost, uh, you know, job prospects. I work for myself because it's not safe for me to work for other people, frankly speaking. Um, it's just not worth the risk. Um, so I thought, I thought... I didn't have anything that people could pull from under my feet, but I was wrong. I was very much wrong. Um, moving in with three white people, one ringleader who's like a total psychopath. Like, I've I've now really understood, like, um, yeah, what this person's about, and it's really quite sickening. It's very sickening. This state, this sort of like dependency model very 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 disgusting because he just gets away with like you know when you recycle something you have to like wash it um this person doesn't wash things when they put them in the recycling bin like butter tub is just got butter in it and it's just been thrown in the recycling because you <laughs> like this person is 32 years old 32 33 and all you have to do is run it under some hot water. The hot water's hot enough in the kitchen to dissolve the butter, get rid of most of it, and then you put some 
lick fairy liquid on a sponge and you wash the rest off and you leave it to dry and then you put it in the fucking recycling. This person has two people who will kiss his ass and won't say anything. Yeah. Like, because they, they, like, see him as some sort of, like, sage or someone who's going to save them and, like, oh, my God, it's actually, like, really fucking sad how dependent this state of dependency is. But, I mean, it's encouraged in this culture. In my culture, we're encouraged to be self-sufficient. That's what I believe. That's how we are. Um, That's how my family has been, like, even though we've been dependent on, like, welfare for a long time as immigrants it's hard not to be um a lot of things were done in a very self-sufficient way um and it was out of hardship so I think you know it comes with a blessing like all the hardship and the the fact that we couldn't depend on anyone uh, meant that we became very independent so now we sort of balance things out a lot more like you know I do rely on my brother sometimes I do rely on my sister um but it's not a dependency um so yeah I really want to share like my experiences as a brown Muslim woman to the world and um to say that no it's not easy um discrimination is like absolutely like it takes over your life sometimes like for days or weeks or months or years it can depending on the scale of the abuse. So with my uni, it was definitely like a few years that it took me to recover from that. This, you know, hopefully as soon as I'm out of here, like it's not gonna, it's gonna take no time. Um, so yeah, like it just to say there is an impact, there's a financial cost, there's a physical cost, there's um psychological damage there's so many different types of damage that racism causes and inflicts on people that white people just don't even they cannot even begin to grasp so don't expect them to um you know once we get our justice once we get our um humanity actually like validated for the first time in history um we can begin to hold these people to account we can begin to uh, hold these, you know, get justice, seek justice for the injustices that have been done to us for so long. Because um, the stats are there. The stats are there. The research is there. Um, if one, there's one good thing that academia has done is that it's done a hell of a lot of research on just how screwed over we've been. Um, not that they're really ever really doing anything about it. It's just something to just research and sort of like feel good about apparently. Um, so... Yeah, because you can't ever go against institutions once you're within them, the educational ones, whatever it could be. And they're all interconnected anyway. So, yeah, um, I won't go into that too much now. So that's my uh, latest podcast. Um, I'm going to do another one as soon as I can. And wish me the greatest luck, please, because uh, times are hard. And if you have any advice, that would be great. Um, Just to know, like, what I should do. Should I live by myself, pay a ridiculous amount of money, leave the city, leave the country? Can't, don't think I can, because my mom is here. Like, what can I do? What can I do? We're stuck. 
in this fucking racist country, in this fucking racist continent, um, which is just getting more and more and more racist, and people are just becoming more and more audacious about it. You know, you think that, um, you know, multiculturalism is something that is always good. It's not because it brings a lot of problems with it when you don't have equality, when you still have like history of deep oppression that hasn't been recognized, like with myself and my people, Bangladeshis, like our historical abuse carried out by uh, the British, um, by Churchill. I'm not going to stop talking about it because his statue is still outside the House of Parliament and he was a fascist. He was a monster. Um, he was a murderer uh, of my people. And that's fine. That's why it's even fine now for people to abuse me and my family because that, that history has never been dealt with. Um, and I'm going to change that because, you know, I didn't watch my father die um, when I was four or five years old for nothing. Um, you learn everything that you need to know uh, pretty much without even realising when you see something like that happen. And it makes you, uh, I don't know, I guess only the very few people who have been through something like that, like losing their dad um, in particular, um, before the age of five, what impact that has. Because I know two people... um, know of two people, not personally, um, so one of them is D.E.J. Loaf, lost her father when her father was killed when she was four, and Malcolm X's father was killed when I think he was five or six, and they happen to be people that I really, um, connect with, I get, I get it, like, their lyrics or whatever, (laughs) you know, Malcolm X's autobiography, it's, like, uh, speaking to, through some, I don't know, like, uh, it's almost like there's some supernatural connection there, because you don't know them, and you don't, you've never met them, and you lived in different places and different times, but you somehow get it, I don't know, it's weird, but I think maybe a lot of people feel like that, I don't know, um, but that's my personal um, experience. It's quite um interesting because yeah, like there's a type of grittiness, or I don't know how to describe it, like um, it's very hard to put into words, mm sensitivity it's not even enough um you have like a whole view of the world which is very different to everyone else I think um when you've gone through something like that at such a young age and the father figure is incredibly important especially this is what white people will not understand uh, especially when you're a minority, when you're black, when you're brown, what losing your father means. Um, and it's 
I'm not even going to explain it because, yeah. Um, If you get it, you get it. If you don't, then, yeah. So, um, and yeah, I love my mum so much. (laughs) Um, I just read, like, a piece that I wrote, like, five years, six years ago on a Facebook post where I said, like, one of my greatest fears is losing my mom. And I was like, wow, like, I actually wrote that, like, six years ago. That's kind of nice. Because, yeah, like, our relationship was definitely, like, so strained, like, five, six years ago. It was, like, really bad. But it's really nice now. So, um, not, like, ideal because we 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 still struggling like so much like my poor mum but um yeah like I try to make her happy however I can and help her however I can with whatever little time that I get with her <clears throat> which is not really within my control unfortunately so yeah that's my latest update and um i hope you guys have found something interesting or relatable here um and i'll update you soon